the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Steven, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, no. This You're is the, the podcast. Uh, you the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. I am your humble host, tanned and rested, fresh back from vacation, back on the mainland, 15 days removed from the moment that the commissioner of the National Football League puts the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid on the clock to kick off the 2013 NFL Draft in Radio City Music Hall in New York City. And uh, we're set to have a a neat uh, program uh, for you right now. Uh, Chris Brockman is not here. He is still licking his wounds from the Final Four beating that my school gave to his, uh, forcing him to uh, change his avatar for three days to the Michigan Wolverines logo. I just went straight up Michigan Wolverines logo since he has barely above 3,000 followers on Twitter. I didn't mean to promote the podcast. He does that enough. Uh, when, you know, Erin Andrews had to change her Twitter avatar for her 1.7 million followers, I went podcast shamelessly to, to promote this show because uh, I live and breathe this program for you, the the listener and fan, and for me, the um, name-dropping host of the program. Uh, Chris Law, good to see you. You Rich, are here in person. Always a pleasure. Yes, good to have you back from vacation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Brockman, uh, is he in his native Maine? Is that where he Brockman, is? Brockman, yeah, I believe he's back up in Maine. I think he's bouncing around. He's got a wedding uh uh, this week back there and he's and, uh, and a nephew he's seen he's yeah. seen a nephew for the first yep, time yep seen his nephew for the first time and, and uh, he would have been doing that for the full week had he not changed his schedule uh to accommodate Syracuse's appearance in the final four game against Michigan yes uh so he went to Atlanta and then if i'm not mistaken bought the full weekend package of yeah. room and tickets and stayed stayed for Monday night's for game for Monday night's game which I saw Siciliano in the hallway because yeah. he also went to the game. Right. And I asked him, I said, other than the game itself, how was it? And he's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. He didn't go to I the was game. Like, he went to the game Friday night. On Saturday night. So, or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I was like, did you stick around for Monday? He goes, I wanted nothing to do with it. I, I got the hell out of there. Yeah, he went out of Dodge. Uh, Brockman stayed. Bless him. He had friends there. He wanted, He's on vacation. He, yep. he stuck around. And, um, uh, and as I tweeted out, as I tweeted out, um, I was on a flight home from uh, my vacation and um, you know as uh, when I called in last week as you, as you revealed I was in Hawaii yes those of us who are west coast based you want to go somewhere nice and warm or warmer head west a lot of folks on the east coast do the Bahamas do the Caribbean we, yep. we have access to the beautiful 50th state of the union and um, so there's only a couple of flights per day direct and I had my two kids. I had family. I mean, you know, I had the whole the whole clan. Yeah. So you can't just switch flights 
to make sure you get home in time to watch a game. Yeah, when you got a family of four with you, it's not it's You can't just switch easy. that stuff around. Okay, and you're also not going to do what you would have done back in the days when you were 20, which is just go by yourself. <laughs> this is true. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So I realized once the game was finished that I was flying the last two and a half hours of the flight. Once Saturday's game was finished. Yeah. I realized that Monday, the last two hours plus of the flight, during the game. Perhaps, if not, eclipsing the entire game. That's brutal. So I had uh, only one choice, and that was to go through sports blackout. Sports blackout. All of you out there who are sports fans, and clearly you are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. And you know, as technology advances... The sports blackout is tougher to pull off. Very difficult. And then as the size of the game increases, the magnitude of the game increases, it becomes that much more difficult to pull off. Because more and more people will be paying attention to it. And the opportunity for you to find out, for you to have the final score revealed to you, You never know where it's coming from. You never know where it's coming from. I've had sports blackouts ruined in the most uh, uncommon, uh, least expected manner possible. You know what I'm talking about with sports blackouts? Absolutely. I I had to do one... I got bit though. I was uh, it was a Penn State Nebraska game this year, and you know Penn State didn't have the greatest years, but you still got to watch every game. And I didn't want to know anything. I no Twitter, no cell phone all day. Didn't look at anything. I'm watching the game on DVR. Game goes into overtime, and it oh, did, I didn't get the extension. You gotta do the extension. It froze. But Let I, me tell you what I've I I had to DVR it from my phone though. Here's what I here are the lengths. Here are the lengths that I went to. And like I said, I mean, you've had sports blackouts ruined in, in the least expected manner, right? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. I mean, one time I'm going through a sports blackout, wife's phone rings. It's her matron of honor. Known her for years. She knows nothing about sports. Couldn't care less about sports. But her husband was watching the game, and I picked up the phone, and she goes, are you... Are you watching the game? This is incredible. And she reveals what this is all about. I'm like, oh. I'm like, of all the people, that's why I picked up the phone because I thought there's no <laughs> chance, no chance. She happened to be actually watching the game. Burned by the sports blackouts. So I handed over to Susie, who knows what this. She knows sports blackouts, what they mean, and also knows if I ever undertake them, it must be serious because I don't, you know. Yeah, you're not doing. You're not doing I'm a not, game in the middle of I, the season. I honestly am not doing the Penn State Nebraska thing. I wouldn't do that for Michigan. Uh, regular season football game. I really wouldn't. Because if, you know, I mean, I'm traveling a lot. I've got kids. You've got different life. Yeah. All right, good enough. Here's the lengths I went to. We called um, uh, one of our, uh, uh, we called somebody to go to the house. Got it. Okay. Who was running a couple errands for us to make sure there was food in the house when we came home for the four and a half and two year old. Got it. Okay. She's in there. I walked her through the process of TiVoing the game, which is difficult on DirecTV. It was an issue of, is it NCAA's tournament? Is it Michigan? I, I had her do the various. Yeah. And she goes, it's, these, it's called the NCAA. Because we did this on Sunday. Oh, and Louisville women are also playing. All so sorts of stuff. What all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I want to say, what does it say? NCAA men's tournament final. I'm like, does it say Louisville and Michigan? She goes, it says teams TBD. Ah. Uh. 
because this was Sunday. Even though a day the terms had been decided, yeah. I guess DirecTV had not updated. Yeah, they need a week. I'm like, what channel is it? She says, Channel 2, CBS here in Los Angeles. Like, done. Finished. I'm like, it's going to give you an option of adding time. Had her add an hour and a half. Smart. Hour and a half added. Very smart. Okay? Took care of that. Time to fly. Time to fly. I decided I'm going to tweet it out that I'm going through sports blackout. Because heaven forbid... I'm in the airport at the getting the bags, and somebody, you know, I, I, I not the most recognized guy. Oh, not sitting here saying that. Okay, somebody does come up to me. They want to talk Michigan right away. Some, it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody could say, oh, "Can you believe that game? What unbelievable!" Et cetera, et cetera. If I put it out on Twitter, and now you know about it, and you still do that to me, you're an asshole. <laughs> not me. Okay. I agree. I agree. So I put it out on Twitter. Figured I'm inoculating myself there. Get on the plane. What's the first thing you do? You say hello to the stewardess and the captain as you're walking in. And you say to the captain, please do not announce the score when we land. I see you go in and you talk. You actually talk. I to the get captain. on the plane. Captain's not greeting people. Captain is not there Uh-oh. greeting people. What do you do? You gotta go plan B. You ask your four and a half year old, you wanna see the cockpit? <laughs> You're using Xander as a prop. I love it. Hey, Zan, you wanna go to the cockpit? <laughs> sure, dude. <laughs> Oops, Scraps is a boy dog. You know, so uh, I say, do you wanna go to the cockpit? Sure enough, he does. Ask the stewardess. She says, let me check with the captain. Come on in, son. Take a seat. We took pictures oh, and awesome. everything, all that stuff. He couldn't have been nicer. Co-pilot got up so Xander could sit down. We took pictures. He's happy, everything. That's a win for him. Win for him. We need a win for dad here. We need a win-win. So I say to the captain, I promise you this happened now. I go, captain, can I ask a small favor? And he looks at me, sort of goes, what? <laughs> You know, like, what, what if a small favor? Can you fly faster? Can you, like, what sort of, what fla- what, what are you possibly, gonna, what is he possibly going to do for you other than get you home safe? He says to me, what? And I'm like, um, I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan. The game is going to be going on while we're flying. He, he says, actually, it'll probably be for the last two plus hours of the flight. It'll probably be over when we land. Totally got it. Totally understood. I'm like, so you know what I'm asking. Absolutely. Please do not, when we land, Announced the score. And he said, no problem. He said, no problem. Awesome. Check that box. Sports blackout still in effect. Check that box. Or at least, you know, wouldn't have, game hadn't tip, isn't tipping off for another three hours. But I'm, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes here. You got a hat on so no one on the plane. Well, no, checking the boxes. Got it. And then, we, and then we take off. So that's taken care of. I go back to the seat. Now, many of you out there are wondering, there's got to be Wi-Fi on the flight, right? So I want to make sure, because you can't, the Wi-Fi on, on planes. Can't watch video. You can't stream. No. So all the Wi-Fi would do is mess up the blackout. This is true. Okay. Because uh, you never know who's around you on a on an iPad or what have you, on a laptop, looking at a score or following along um, on some sort of game cast or something. Don't worry. There's no internet on the flight. I asked. This is uh, a flight, uh, a um, an organization that rhymes with benighted. Okay, not Schmet Fu. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't Met Flu. Not Met Flu. <laughs> Nobody told me to keep it up that I'm going to lose on this flight. It's a long but flight for no Wi-Fi. Benighted. 
Okay. Asked, no Wi-Fi. They proudly proclaimed <laughs> that by the end of the year, more than half their flight should have it. By uh, the end of the year. By the end of the year. 2013. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's no Wi-Fi. We take off. I've got five hours of, of bliss. Don't have to worry about anything except for two kids on a flight. All right? Certainly have to worry about the sports blackout. Land. Land in Los Angeles. I, I, it felt like we landed in, like, Van Nuys, how long we taxied. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can catch a bad one every now and again. Yeah. Oh. And everybody whips out their iPhone. Right away. Now is where the sports blackout commences. Pilot did his job, didn't say a word. Nothing. In order to have a successful sports blackout, there must be a team effort. It's not just the individual, it's the team. I concur. Thankfully, my wife thoroughly understands and understood the gravity of the situation. Also understands the ins and outs of the sports blackout. Immediately, she says, put on your headphones, turn on some music. So she's a supporting actor in this entire endeavor. I can't do this alone. No, definitely not. Put on your headphones. I put on uh, my my iPad. I just hit a button. George Harrison's greatest hits. Ah, great got stuff. Got my mind set on well, a great tune. Well, I also went. You know, you got to go thirty. It was like it's like volume one and two. There's like oh. thirty six songs. Oh. Put on the headset. Uh, pulled on a cap. Off we go, into Terminal Seven, of LAX. Okay. I get out. Look across. I see Mitch McGarry on a television set. Uh oh. Game still on. Immediately turned away. Didn't see anything. <laughs> My first thought in any information in a sports blackout is crucial. Right? Yeah. So I thought to myself, at least he's still in the game. Right? Yes. Not knowing. Boy, was he in some serious foul trouble. And out most of that. Okay. Last. All right. Sure enough. Here I go. Off I go. Look away. Susie, behind me, is saying, don't look to your left. Keep going. Don't look to your right. Because there's TVs everywhere. Yeah. Don't look to your left. Look down. Keep going. She was my co-pilot. Oh, wow. Co-pilot. Co-pilot. Good for her. Get down. And, uh, you know, we hired a car to get us. Yeah. Because we were gone for eight days. Yeah, you're not going to park long Driver has to be informed. Yes. Driver must be informed. Okay? Susie told the driver, don't say anything. (laughs) Not a word. Okay? Don't say anything. So you're covering all Baggage claim. Headset on, head down, have to go to the men's room. Ooh. Oh. You're on an island here. Dude. Dude. Men's room is where yeah. sports blackouts can go down. Can get flushed down the toilet, yes. literally. Had to go, though. Had to go. Yep. I'm thinking, why didn't I go on the plane? You had privacy. Went in, headsets on. Hat down, in and out, washed up. Of course. Never came out, that guy. came out, looked around baggage claim. There was nobody looking at me. I'm not looking at them. I'm good. I'm good. You got to avoid eye contact. Good. With any stranger. Red siren buzzes. Bags come out. Different flight. Oh. Baggage <laughs> claim one. Not our flight. We moved to baggage claim three. Got to go all the way down. Two, all the way down. Two kids, eight days. You're checking some luggage, Yes. Too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Bags coming around. They come out. I'm out the. I'm out the door. You got oversized luggage. You take I've golf got clubs? no, 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 no clubs. No. Okay. 
Out the door. Done. Now, heading to the car. I'm almost there. Almost there. Okay? Pack up. Kids in. Pulling out. Guy had XM radio on. Oh. Susie says, you might want to turn that radio off. Because you can't even be on a normal channel and risk It was on a like a jazz channel. On a can, jazz channel. You can risk a, a news update. On a jazz channel. Who knows? Oh. Some guy, you know, that was Miles Davis and Michigan just lost by six. You never know. And now Kenny G. Never know. And <laughs> now, here's the dulcet tones of Kenny G. Turn it off. Moving out. Got to pay. Got to pay. Got to uh. hand in the ticket. Got to pay. Guy in the booth has a TV on. I look away. Look away. I've revert, avert uh, over, my eyes. Over, yes. Now driving home. You never know. Billboards are flashing stuff. Never yeah. know. Head down. Whole way. Finally got in the house. Had the wife go in first to make sure TVs weren't on. Ah. Because you know when you DVR something, it stays on the same channel. Ah. People who are in charge of DVR technology Not considering the should course. have the channel change once the program is recorded to just another channel. Just another channel. Yeah. Shouldn't be the same channel. They don't have the sports blackout in mind. They don't have the sports blackout in mind. Change the channel. Why can't once the program is recorded, it switches to whatever? HGTV. Choose it. There's, a th- there's, there's four digits in channels now. Yes. Choose one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yes. No. It's on the same channel. Susie comes out of the bedroom. She goes, good thing you didn't walk in. That would be devastating. Because it's still going. Not the game. The recording was still going. Remember, I had an hour and a half. Yeah. Still going. And they were having, they were showing press conferences live on the local CBS, CBS. Jim Hill anchored. I assume he was anchoring it because we turned it off immediately. <laughs> well, luckily for you, you didn't flip over to the True TV post-game show because that was just a was it? debacle. It was f- fair at best. <laughs> Who was doing so, it? Uh, it was um, Gumble and, and oh, the guys. It just, really? It was a little... A little messy. Really? All over the place, yeah. Well, well, at any rate, sports blackout was complete. Started watching the game. And then, uh, you know, it was exhilarated watching Spike Albrecht. And the Michigan's extra from Hoosiers <laughs> drop was, it in the ocean. He looks like he's 12. Holy crow. Holy crow. 17 first-half points. I thought we were in. We, I thought it was golden. I thought that is – we came back from Kansas. Yep. And, you know, Kevin Ware broke his leg. Both teams felt like they were on a mission from Gott, using the Blues Brothers line. Everybody thought they were meant to be there and meant to go that one extra step. Louisville for Kevin Ware in his hometown. We're going to do it for him. Michigan came back from Kansas, beat um, Syracuse in that 2-3 matchup zone, uh, the 2-3 zone that we'll talk about with with Brockman. And uh, and then uh, Luke Hancock threw in four threes, and that was it. And Michigan, you know, played its heart out, just uh, they couldn't de- get it done. They debated that a lot in the postgame, because um, if you recall, Trey Burke came out at the end of the half because mm-hmm. he had two fouls, and surprised that Beeline didn't call a timeout once Hancock hit that second three to to get Burke back in there on defense. And I mean, you can second guess it a thousand ways, right? Ways. But um, I uh, I do have to in, in in full disclosure, I I did send a tweet out 
uh, after the game was over, saying, I can picture Eisen watching this game on DVR when he gets in. Such optimism 17 minutes into the I game. I know. Going to yeah. be a swift kick in the Musburgers. It was coming. It, it was, did. I got the swift oh. kick in the Musburgers. And oh. Susie, Susie, because, you know, I mean, we get in the house, and I figured, you know what? I got to help with the kids. Yeah. And get them down. It's, it, it, you know, serious time difference here. That's true. And it had to the be oldest late. didn't go down at 11 o'clock at night, which he's never seen in his little life. Never. Because huh. we are real strict with the bedtimes in our yeah. house. We're, we're, we're real schedule people. We're not one of those people that you will see out at a restaurant at 9.30 at night with our two kids, one of them sleeping in our arms. Yeah, yeah. We're not. That's not us. Okay? And so we're... Regiment. And so I thought I'll help with the bat. I'll help with this, help with that. I mean, we had some help in the house. Um, our stellar nanny, Thelma, who, by the way, was the one who did tell. She was the one who told the driver, don't don't say anything. <laughs> so every all hands were on deck. All hands were on deck. All hands were on deck. So uh, long story short, Susie's like, watch, start watching the game right now. I'm like, really? Like, you'll, okay, sure, because I'm dying to know. And I thought she'd go through, watch the game with me. You owe her, you owe her like, or you must have done a really good job in Hawaii. She, that, that's a, a plus effort out of her. She understands this, the magnitude. Yeah, this is big. Where'd She's she, like, go watch go it now. Uh, Columbia. Okay. So Columbia. Well, she didn't. She doesn't have much of the. I mean, she. I think she saw one football win in her four years at college. Seriously, wow. at Columbia. I think she saw one. Wow. Yes. Oh, but she's from. She's. Yeah, she's, she's a. Sports a she's from. She's she a New England f- person. Through and through. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, long story short, I start watching, and she's like, a couple times, I pause it just to see, should I start running the bath? I'm, 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 I'm trying to stay connected with sure. society here in my house. And each time, she's like, just go back and watch it. And I'm thinking to myself, as you know, sports blackout messes with your head. I'm thinking she knows she the knows result, that she, and she's just like, knows that I'm going to like the result, maybe. And she's, she wants to, yeah. Oh. And I'm thinking, this is really cool. And with each Spike Albrecht 3, I'm like, maybe she, this is, this is going to happen. And I found out later on, she did know the result, <laughs> but wanted to watch the Game of Thrones second episode Faster. sooner rather than later. Uh, the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it all makes sense. She's like, now it all makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it wasn't oh, like going to see it, Rich. Go on. No. <laughs> she wanted she was she wanted Game of Thrones. Get that over so we can watch Game of yeah. Thrones. Peter Dinklage. Correct. Oh. That's what's going on in House Eisen. Man, uh, you couldn't have asked as someone that didn't have a skin in the game, I thought I was it was riveting. It was great. Chris Law, let me tell you. And then we'll get by, by the way, we have Denard Robinson on this show. Yeah, to, and and I was hoping we would talk about a, a championship, but we'll talk a little bit of this with him, and then get him uh, all squared away for the draft. Um, and Les Need, the general manager of the St. Louis Rams, I got lost in myself. I haven't even set up this show. But uh, listen, how many times do you watch a major sporting event? And it disappoints. Uh, well, and, and it disappoints. And then you watch a major sporting event, and it is a great game. And you just wish your team was involved in this yeah. sort of instant classic that the entire country is feasting on. Wouldn't it be great if it's your team? Yep. And you watch it, and now it finally is your team. After a long time away, 
you know, it was great. It was great. This was the most fun I've had watching sports. And all my buddies from Michigan who I've been speaking to, they agree. When you, Some uh, of the most fun watching sports I've had in the last three weeks in a very long time. When you finally were able to turn your phone back on, yeah. how many messages? Uh, 19 tweets, texts. 19 texts. 19 texts. Just kept going. You, you let you, and you Got let one it. from Dan Patrick saying, nervous. That's all it was. One word, <laughs> That's nervous. It. That's it. That's and, it. And nervous. you lose the timestamp on those when your phone shut I know. Ah, oh, bummer. <laughs> nervous. Oh. Didn't get one from Albert Breer. None, yeah, nothing from Bert. Nothing from Bert. Good Lord. Um, but at any rate, uh, that was my story of the national championship. And we'll speak to Brockman, who's uh, who was in Atlanta. I think he yeah. was at that game. Yeah, he was at the game. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, but again, on this show, we're 15 days from the draft. And um, they just announced today, on the day that we're taping this again, 15 uh, days from the draft, who's going to be in Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, we're taping this late on a on a uh, Wednesday afternoon here in, in Los Angeles. Right, so. and uh, 23 guys said, yay, they're going. One of them not Manti Teo. Yeah, he's out. No Barkley either. One of them not Manti Teo, and Barkley's not. It's uh, Ziggy Ansaw, Tavon Austin, the guard Jonathan Cooper from North Carolina, Eric Fisher, who may be number one from Central Michigan. Everyone keeps mentioning Jokel. I don't yeah, know. Eric Fisher. You never know. Sharif Floyd of Florida. Everybody he's, thinks he's a Raider. He's I got the Raiders, right, in the mock draft? You got, you're got picking three for the Raiders. I, I mean, that's it. I can tell you right now. Yes. Well, who's, who's, who's got the Chiefs pick for us? Uh, Charles Davis is picking Charles first Davis goes overall. first. Yeah, number two for Jacksonville. Uh, is Michael Irvin picking okay. right in front of you. So if, 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 they, if they believe that Sharif Floyd is one of those guys, I'd be surprised. But we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. DJ Fluker is going to be there. Jokel, Lane Johnson, Deion Jordan, Eddie Lacy, EJ Manuel, D. Milner, Barcavius Mingu, Cordero Patterson, Eric Reed, Xavier Rhodes, Sheldon Richardson, Geno Smith will be there. And again, the commissioner has has made an edict. Essentially, about an hour and a half in, the uh, green room cams get shut off. Yeah, I think uh, last year. The day and age of watching somebody sit on the griddle by themselves or or longer past the time that they've been drafted is over. Yeah, last year I think he pulled a guy or two into his green room. Well, so he did he that. He there. did that for Brady Quinn a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. I was one of his first drafts as commissioner, and he pulled Brady Quinn in. Saying, I think Brady got up after the Dolphins passed on him. When a lot of people thought, okay, the Dolphins will take him. And he's sitting there, and the Dolphins passed up on him, and I think he went to the men's room, and Roger just pulled him in, saying, you're done from the green room. And then when, you know, when he had the chance as commissioner to just say, no more green room cams, because that's what was tipping the picks more than anything else, as you talked about with Charlie Yook. Those yep. shots of the kids who were on the phone back in the green room. That's the tip. The, vi- you know, the visual was tipping the picks. He yanked the green room cams. Uh, Desmond Trufant, Kenny Vaccaro, Chance Warmack, uh, Manelik Watson, and Bjorn Werner. Bjorn Werner. This, this those are your 23 prospects. International flair to it with Ziggy Ansah, Bjorn Werner. There's a, Watson. Watson's a yeah, UK guy. That's right. Um, so many guys who have never played the game more than four years ago. Yeah. First time that they ever played the game was late in high school. I think Watson's first career Division One start was the first game of last year for Florida State. He had only a few starts at whatever small school or uh, uh, JUCO he was at. But at any rate, uh, we're going to talk about this right now with the general manager of the uh, St. Louis Rams, 
Mr. Uh, Kara Henderson. Yes. You know who he kind of uh, looks Les like? Need. He kind of looks, he's got a little bit of uh, Crispin, Glover, Crispin Glover in him. You think so? I think he's got a little bit of young Crispin Glover in him. Really? Yeah. Does Kara know th- that you think I don't that? think Kara knows. I, I don't, I mean, it's a good he's thing. He's as far from Crispin Glover as you can get. Far from Crispin Glover the person, but not, I think he's got a little, he had like this hair wave going. Oh, well, I mean, there's that, a, you know, I think there's a Twitter account, right? Les Needs Hair. Oh, is there? Yeah, I believe there is. Maybe, uh, yeah, I yeah. believe there is. And Les was on last year when was he was it? holding all the cards. I think he was on just two days before he pulled the trigger on the RG3 trade. Yeah. And it's not like one of those things that he didn't say anything to us. He 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 said that multiple picks, three first-round picks. And we just la- we, we we were like, like, ah, 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 yeah, you're going to get three first-rounders. Guess what he got? <laughs> he got two. Well, well, and, 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 also, and, and another one. That's yeah. right. He got three. He got all of them. He got three first rounders. Ugh. And well, Dimitrov did the same thing basically with uh, the smoke screen with uh, the trade because we had him on a few weeks before the Julio Jones yeah. draft that Les Need was a part of as well. And we were out. Uh, uh, he was in uh, uh, L.A. with Les on uh, on a trip to see some players out here. And uh, we all had dinner, and Kara was there too. And he wrote down on a on a on a napkin. Oh, this is two years ago. Yes, before okay, the yeah, trade, yeah. And we were just joking years. about we're just joking about you know uh, sayings, you know, like fortune cookie sayings. I don't know why that came up. Everyone was laughing. What's an odd fortune cookie thing? He wrote on a napkin. Why draft wide receive? Why draft receiver when already have receiver? It's sort of like a, a he just jotted it down. <laughs> Interesting. Why draft receiver when you already have a receiver? Is what he wrote down. Didn't think anything of it. Breadcrumbs are everywhere, man. If you just put it together and follow them, <laughs> maybe Les will drop some more, and then Denard, and then Brockman. Yes, that's the way we're rolling. Yeah, I think we got we got Les uh, calling in now. Okay, let's get to it. All right, as promised, here he is now back on the Rich Eisen podcast, almost in the same spot on the calendar that he was uh, on the show the last time when he dropped some serious RG3 trade breadcrumbs back in the day. He is the general manager of the St. Louis Rams, Les Snead. How are you, Les? I am good. How about you? I'm fine. I, I only wish, I, I mean, I, I, when you drop the breadcrumbs of multiple first-round draft choices last year on this show, I sort of followed them halfway down the path i didn't take it the full route that you were being literal with me and yet uh i i listen to everything you say now every syllable so i will parse everything you say in this interview and i figured i'd just say that to you up front is that cool that that that's definitely cool but it, it's it's definitely let's we're 15 days away okay so it, it's like being 15 days away from the election so you're not sure really what to believe on the campaign advertising. <laughs> That's true. You have, you know, or we could just go negative and get what you want that way. We could just go completely negative, uh, like they do in the elections too. If that, you want that- to do that. That's a good point. That's a that's a different take to the draft. I can I can just say I don't like anybody. <laughs> you, we're, well, we're, we're I, I, pass. I got to be honest with you, Les. That's what everybody is saying about this draft. It seems <laughs> well, <laughs> nobody that, likes anybody in this draft. Right. So when we get to sixteen, we're just going to pass. 
<laughs> haven't te- teams? Did, I think the uh, the Vikings did that uh, a few years ago, didn't they? Didn't they I, do they that? did do that. It'd be interesting if that was a strategic maneuver or not. <laughs> so where are you? I guess right now, fifteen days out of the draft, where where are you in your in your process? I think it, uh, right about now you're you're ninety five percent through the process. But the last five percent is is an important time because we're we're all we're in draft meetings right now. We're taking a break. Uh, we, we actually have players in the building right now meeting with them. But really, this is a chance for the entire staff, coaches, uh, personnel to 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 come together in a meeting and and really talk about everything and anything about the player. And when you get into the team building phase, it's it's hey, does that player fit our team and does it help our team? you know, move forward into trying to win consistently. But how do you figure out which player to bring up? Because you can't bring up every every prospect. There's not even, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough meetings in the day to do something like that. Well, you know, I think what we do is we, we schedule the meeting. Obviously, it, it's, it's, it's over a month that we'll have the meetings, and we'll take it position by position. So you, you start with a position, and, and you go from top to bottom on the player. Uh, spend more time with with – Maybe the better players that you're going to pay a more significant price to than than the players that you will not pay such a significant price to. So that's what helps the uh, process in terms of time. But you're gonna you're gonna talk about each player, you know, really by position. Have you discarded players? I mean, are there players where you have just flat out said, "You, Jeff Fisher, everyone in the room, no chance we take this guy." You know, there is uh, you know, th- th- there's a few that we have definitely discarded. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've heard about the board to so a draft room. You have the magnet boards and, and, and all of that, and it's stacked by position. So usually what we'll do is we'll put the card up where we think the player, his talent is, or what he's going to be after refinement, uh, get the good coaching that we do in the NFL. And then if we don't like him, we're going to turn him upside down. Have you fallen in love with a player by this point? Uh, you know what? Uh, the answer is yes. But I do have a strategy now as a general manager is, hey, never fall in love with one player. Rather fall in love with options that are going to help the team because uh, you learn quickly as a general manager that you know, you got so many picks and it's not just one player for each pick. So you, you better know your scenarios, what's coming down the pipe. And, and, and I like to say, hey, let, let's fall in love with options and have, have a couple of roads we could take. And, and just like a football game, you, you have a strategy, but you better be able to adjust midstream. What does that mean? What do you mean by options in terms and in, in in real time during the draft? You you know, there's something on the table that if this guy is not available when you're picking at pick X, you're going to go with this A, B, and C guy. You actually have a list in front of you. How does that you know, actually that's, work that's, in reality? That's, that's a good point. That's really good because when you fall in love with a player, if we fall in love with one player and we're putting all our eggs in that basket, and then we start killing every other player then if somebody picks that player right before you you're 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 in uh you know you're up the creek without a paddle as an alabama term goes so what you try to do is before the draft before game day you work through all of these scenarios and go if that guy's not gone we're going in this direction so you're you're going to practice you're going to practice the draft uh, before the draft, so that when you get there, it, it runs smoothly. So, in your previous life with the Falcons, when you were when you were essentially in charge of making sure Thomas Dimitrov knew what he needed to know as a general manager from your uh, your player personnel guy, correct? Back with yeah. the uh, with, with the right. Falcons, you have now a different philosophy since you're now in the general manager seat, where you can't fall in love 
with a specific player? Is that what you're? I'm trying to read into yeah, this. Yeah, I definitely say. Now, I, like I told you, as a as a player personnel. Uh, let's call it director of player personnel. You're sure. a lieutenant. You're giving advice. You're offering suggestions. A little easier in that chair because uh, you don't have accountability. You're not really building the team. You're, you're kind of standing on the table for, hey, this one particular player, and you believe mm-hmm. it. Like I told you, yes. In, in a general manager, you still have a little bit of that in you. You're going to fall in love with 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 certain players, but it's not just one player you want to fall in love with. And uh, so you, I like to say, hey, it's better, it's more rational to fall in love with options because when you get to when you're picking 16 and 22 in the draft like we are this year, and then we got the two picks next year, there's a lot of players, good players that are going to help us help this football team, and not just one. So you're already looking at kids for next year too. Is that what you're saying? Uh, you know, uh, here's I. We'll probably push that aside really to right after this draft, but I do have a list in front of me of maybe the top players in next year's draft. So as an example, as we're, we're going through options and scenarios in this year's draft, and it's, it's looking a little bleak. Maybe the room's getting a little down, a little sad, because maybe we're not helping our team at that position. I may put the list up for next year and go, hey, look, the future is bright. Look, we've got, we got so many good players at that position next year. So put a smile on our face and let's keep going. But, I, you know, just knowing you and what you've said already in this conversation, that lieutenant is still in you. What you used to do for Atlanta is still in you. So how many of these prospects have you personally eyeballed on the field of play during the playing season as the, the Rams were going through their first year of the Fisher-Sneed administration? You know, really in, in this draft, I mean, and, and I'll just use it as an example, if you, if you take a look at the mock drafts that, that, that uh, you know, everyone's throwing out there and you go 1 through 32, and there's probably about 40 players covered in, in all those mocks. I've, I've seen all those 40 players live either at a game or practice over the last couple of years. And, you know, so that lieutenant's still in me. But also, when we made the trade last year and we got a second rounder last year and then, you know, the extra first rounder this year and the extra first rounder next year, <laughs> hey, those are, that trade was a big rock for this organization. And, and that, that rock is very important for the future of the organization. So, hey, the, you know, getting the draft right and helping our organization get this draft right, that's, that's going to be a number one priority, you know, last year, this year, and even in the next year. We've we really got to win that rock. How many have you seen? Have you seen a, a – do you – I know you go to games. The question is how many have you personally been able to see play? You know, Rich, I'll, I have not put on, on paper the exact number. Uh, so that'd be a hard question, but here's what I usually do. Yeah. Uh, you always are, are, are organizing. And so when we were getting ready to go to the combine or the senior, let's take this, the all-star phase. That's first. As I was going through some of our top 100 prospects, there were, there were maybe three guys in the top 100 that I hadn't seen that I said, Hey, I need to either see at an all-star game or go to a pro day or, you know, I like to see him either the all-star game or the pro day, not necessarily the combine, make that a bonus. So there's probably three out of our top 100 that I didn't see this year. Mm. Now, when does the phone start ringing for you on draft night, do you think? You're 16 and 22. At what point, you know, I mean, for the first five picks, I imagine you're just going to be just chilling out there, assessing everything that's going on. 
But w- when do you think the phone starts ringing for you? I think I think uh, I you know there's some during this time of year you, you start talking with different teams in front of you. Uh, I, you know, I think yeah, everybody in the top five. You start thinking eight, eight to sixteen, mm-hmm. maybe seven, but really that's that's probably the the realistic number of uh, somebody checking in, see if they'd like to move back. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be what happens in front of you, just just like a football game. What happens in in, in the first quarter, the second quarter is going to depend on maybe what you you do in the third. So as picks come off the board and people's scenarios now go from uh oh scenario A is out the out the door, here comes B. That's when I think the movement starts picking up, and that, and that, a lot of that's going to have to do with with what happens with quarterbacks. What do you so, think is going to happen with that? Because I imagine you're not in that. Obviously, you got Bradford. If you wanted a quarterback out of college, you would have taken RG3 last year instead of trading for that rock that you said. Um, what, what are, where's, where do you stand on the assessment of this quarterback class? Les? You know, and you know, last year we made a big decision, and, and, and we chose Bradford, and we're glad to do that. And because of that, I have not. Those are some of the players I haven't gone to see live, in particular just to watch that player. I'm not an expert on this year's quarterback draft. I haven't watched them. It'd be hard for me to be an expert on it. A gut feeling of mine is, uh, a gut feeling is, hey, there's maybe one or two or maybe even three, maybe four guys that maybe people don't think are right now starters or right now play next year type guys but have a chance in the future. And what's going to happen is I think once one goes – and if, if it's just three or four that the, that the league's thinking about, then all of a sudden now if it's three and one goes, it's down to two. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when teams will start thinking, okay, should we move up and get our guy? And, and go more Aaron Rodgers style in that, hey, we draft the guy, he doesn't start day one, but in a couple of years he, he moves into that role. And who's picking 16 and 22? Did I, just, did, I, did I just hear a little breadcrumb drop right there? Just a little bit of a breadcrumb. Remember, we're for in a the, team we're that the, might want to We're in the jump. campaign season. Oh, okay. So, All right. You know, but I, I certainly don't mind you. You know, putting that you know as a, as an advertisement. Yeah, know? I mean, if if you're interested, you don't think your guy is going to be available in the bottom quarter of the first round? Who's sitting there right at the cusp of the back end of the third quarter of the first round? That would be you, Les Snead, correct? Or with already yeah. a pick in a pocket. Already that, picking the pot, and, and you know, I I I do I do know I love picks. Yeah. So love to uh, you know help someone out for a small price. Um, and a couple more questions for you, just on the draft before I just hit you on a, on a couple. I got about four more left for you, Les. I know you're you're a busy man. Do you think you would have been able to pull off the trade you pulled off with the Redskins last year under the previous rules of the CBA, where you pay a number two overall? pick in the draft a, ga- a gajillion dollars would you would you have been able to pull that trade off or would you have even wanted extra first round draft picks in that previous collective bargaining agreement to the first question i i think last year rich you would have been able to pull the trade off even in the old system because that was a nice piece of real estate and i think uh you know obviously after rookie years there were two franchise type quarterback sitting there and when and those are hard to come by and so i do think that no matter what (laughs) number two what you're going to have to pay number two in salary a team that needed a franchise quarterback would have wanted that piece of real estate 
and I think everybody was willing to go there because, hey, whether it was Andrew Luck or RG3 there, they were happy and satisfied. Those are two special talents. So I think last year we would have been able to do that. Now, you take a year where maybe there's not uh, those caliber quarterbacks or sure things or special players, yes, uh, very, very hard. And you go back to just like the, the trade we made in Atlanta to move up and get Julio, I think the new collective bargaining helped, I guess, send that trade down the path because you could move way back in the draft into the top ten without huge financial ramifications. Interesting, interesting. Um, and, and what are your thoughts on the fact that no matter what you do in this draft and what you've done last year, that many people in the media – uh, believe it doesn't matter because of how Seattle and San Francisco made moves in the past few weeks. What are your thoughts on that, Les Snead? Uh, Rich, do this. Uh, because uh, it's it's this time of year, 15 days away, yes. I've got slight ADD. My mind wandered to a scenario. I won't tell you which scenario. So <laughs> do the question again. No <laughs> Repeat the how much ADD, does it matter? Well, uh, here I'll even cut out the how coy I was. I'll just go straight to it. Everybody thinks you have no shot because of how Seattle and San Francisco's conducted their business the last few weeks. Percy Harvin, Namdi Asamoah, Anquan Bolden, tit for tat, one after the other after the other with those folks. Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett. I could keep going on and on here. I know you got Jake Long. That was a nice pull for you guys. But a lot of people are just saying the a- NFC West, you could just seal the deal, even though you had the best record in division there last year. Yeah, you, I, I think you hit the uh, nail on the head. Last year, you know, we showed up for the for the fight, and, and we actually, you know, came out on top in terms of division record. So I do know this. Uh, I won't be as coy, but, it, you know, the schedule's not out yet, but we're going to play Seattle, San Fran, and even Arizona you know, twice, and, and we're going to show up. So... We're going to show up for the fight no matter what day or time it is, whether it's Thursday night football. Hopefully we'll get one of those again, mm-hmm. and, 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 and we'll show up and, and we'll compete. And I, and I think last year we, we let it be known that, hey, we're, we're here to stay in the division. But you hit the nail on the head again. And Thank you. Before I got the job, or as I got the job, I can't tell you how many texts I got, at least you're in an easy division. <laughs> I wish I could have saved those texts, because I think that one quickly turned. Yes, it did. So we yes, definitely did. got some formidable foes in our division, but uh, we're definitely not scared to go uh, show up and, uh, and take them on in, in a football game. Two more questions for you. What time do you get to work, and when do you leave work this time of year? Uh, you know this this time of year. I, I, this time of year, I'm going to get up slightly early. You know, don't have to go on record at what time, but I do want to get a run in before mm-hmm. the day starts. Uh, again, you kind of know, uh, as you well know, mm-hmm. one of your best friends in yep. life, former colleagues, is is my bride. I was going and, there to point out. There? I was pointing out you must have somebody who understands. Who understands and supports, yeah. Yeah, and she, also, I'm sure advises, advises too. There, yeah, there's some, there's, uh, and actually, uh, some very rational and good advice there. Uh, but uh, yes. considering she lives in a different area code, yes. maybe even a couple of time zones away, yes, for uh, you know during the week, and there's a little bit of commuting going on. Yes, I don't have a lot to go home to. It's not like I'm. I kid her about this all the time. It's not like I'm trying to get home to eat the wonderful casserole she <laughs> Well, I don't know. Even if, if Mrs. Sneed was home, if she does 
cook a casserole? Does she ca- does does Kara cook a cas? Is there a Kara casserole? I don't know about. I, I really. I can tell you this: the answer is no. But we both know how competitive Kara is, and yes. she does claim that. If she were to be the type to cook a casserole, it would be the best casserole of course. that I've ever eaten. So she always jokes that she's going to cook me a casserole one time, and I'm going to have to eat it. So. Interesting. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out also this week on Master's Week that your real name is not Les, correct? It is definitely not Les. And uh, it's, it, I know where you're going, yes. so we'll just go, it, go right there. Sam Sneed. It is Sam Samuel Sneed. So. Right. Uh, nowhere close to the golfer he is. Uh, obviously, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. He did what he did. Yes. Uh, but maybe you're the Sam Snead of general managing, though. Maybe you're that. that. That's you know that I, I would sign up. Whatever that is, it's good <laughs> or great. So I'd sign up for that today. Right. That that name did come in handy back in college when you walked into the. Now again, I'm going to be honest, Rich. You know, Michigan's a different level school uh, than Auburn. We'll just go back. Okay. But there were some classes at Auburn that were tough, and you kind of walked in and you knew, uh-oh, you're, you're behind the eight ball. You looked around and go, okay, I, I need some brownie points, so I'm going to sit up front. Well, you know how it is in, in back in college. They would always call you by your first and middle name, and it, you, you're always embarrassed. So I would always get the, hey, are you kin to the Sam Snead? Mm-hmm. So if I felt like... Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of connection there. Like if I said yes to this professor and it would help, I was always a grandchild. So it's always campaign campaign season for you, in other words. Yes. Always campaign season for you. Definitely. Well, And you're Alabama tough, man. I don't know if somebody born in the state of Michigan uh, or anywhere else would have stayed in the draft room uh, if a tornado hit like you did last year. Correct? Yeah, you de- definitely stayed there. Obviously, we're in the Midwest, and, and I certainly don't want to – I guess belittle or joke about not at all because they can be very dangerous. But we were in the draft room seventh round, and we're picking two fifty whatever. We're about three or four picks away. The sirens are going off. The whole the whole thing's going on. Well, I know I had stepped down to my office uh, to do a couple of things. I knew the pick was coming up. Knew who we wanted was the little running back from Abilene, Christian Daryl Richardson, who actually had a very good year. Yes, he did. So you can see now after all, I mean, he averaged 4.8 yards a carry, which is about fifth or sixth in the NFL this year for a little kid in the seventh round. So I really wanted that player bad. Well, the horns are going off. You know, I don't know if you you know the name Dave McGinnis. He's a great guy. Uh, He's our assistant head coach. Well, being the grandfather, fatherly figure of the building, he's getting everybody out and down to our (laughs) tornado shelter, which is our team meeting room. So myself and Kevin Demoff walk back into the draft room, and it is cleared, okay? And the person who is on the phones with New York is gone, and the line is dead. And we actually have NFL Network going on and ESPN both of you cover the draft. Sure. TVs are a little fuzzy and shaky. And I now don't know how close we are to picking or even if we missed the pick. Oh, Lord. I really want that player bad. So we, long story short, we end up getting under the tables, call New York on the (laughs) cell phone, somehow get the pick in. And I'll give this, uh, uh, Gil Brandt's a really respected draft, Nick, former 
general manager in this thing with a lot of success. Godfather of the combine. He's the godfather. So we have a guy on staff named Steve Kayser, who was a special team coach of the 85 Bears. But Kays and Gil Brand are really good friends, and, and, and they're you know, colleagues over the years. Well, I'm going to give Steve Kayser credit. He covers that area for us, and he was fighting. He had fallen in love with Daryl Richardson. Fell in love. So he's pounding the table, Daryl, Daryl Richardson, and I give him credit. He pounded the table, and it worked out. But in draft meetings this week, I told Kays that no longer is he getting credit for the pick because he deserted the draft <laughs> when the tornado was coming. <laughs> Even though he found the player, he did not now get credit. He did not stay at his post. He did not stay in his post, so he was one that went down. Oh, and and Richardson is forever known as, I guess, the tornado player. I mean, he was great, Les, and he's going to be an integral part of your team moving forward. You know, yeah, that definitely, uh, you know, him and we picked Isaiah Pede in the second round, both of those guys. Interestingly, Pede didn't have enough carries this year to qualify but he did average 5.4 yards a carry, which put him at third in the NFL. Now, again, you got asterisks by that, and we can make stats work sure. for ourselves. But it's both of those season. players have some explosive ability, which lessens the uh, you know the loss of Steven going forward for, for us in the Rams. Les, you're the man. Thanks for taking the time. Say hi to uh, Mrs. Sneed uh, if uh, I don't speak to her beforehand. And uh, that casserole. We're gonna have to have it. I'm gonna. I, I can't just be claimed when things when things calm down. You know, mid maybe summer. Man, that's not usually the time we eat casserole. But we got We got We got to figure this thing out. We got to get well, there. Yeah, that that'll be an interesting uh, summer casserole. We'll, we'll probably do that <laughs> when I'm you know out in in your uh, sure. zipper area code in Southern Cal. Less good luck in the draft. Thanks for the uh, for the time. Thank you. You bet. That is Les Need, the general manager of the St. Louis Rams here on the Rich Eisen Podcast, 15 days out in campaign season. Samuel Lester Sneed. Samuel Sneed. I don't even know if it's Lester, but there you have it. I love how he's, uh, how he's like, yeah, you know, when you have that teacher that you know you might need to kiss up to, you think you might need a little help in the class. Yeah, yeah it was, it's always campaign grand, season. It's grandson. It's always campaign season. <laughs> love, tor- that, love, the, love the story of the tornado. That was crazy. That was great. That was absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, he had, he had a lot of good stuff to say. Less is... Plus it's great. The Cara casserole, and I thought Daryl Richardson's the one that they he stayed uh, under the table for. And uh, he said it. I mean, he was third in the league in yards per carry. They now don't have Stephen Jackson. That's that's a huge pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very big pick. And uh, clearly, as he said, it's the rock of. And I thought it was interesting. He's you know next year's draft. You got to look at these things as a puzzle. And and I don't think you know you should. It's not in a vacuum. Let's put it that way. And it, I also don't think it's it's a coincidence that the Patriots have so few picks this year. Yeah. That that Belichick said, all right, let's Looks throw this it. one for Chad, throw this one for Albert. I know it's a risk, but it's in a draft that we don't think years out is going to pan out. I don't know if you can that's put like, those two and two together level. or not, but maybe so. Do you think uh, – Maybe so. Maybe that's why – they have fewer picks this year. Yeah. Do you think, um, like when Steven Jackson leaves the Rams, now he's with the Falcons, do you think he, uh, like, less, because him and Les and Dimitrov are buddies, Dimitrov's calling him up, they're sharing, do you think they, they talk uh, trade I, together? I should ask them that. I, I don't know. I, should, I, don't, I don't know. I wonder how, like, the trade, the, but you also, I mean, go. but, you know, I know they're buddies, but, I mean, maybe it's one of those that 
after the fact, after he was released and is a free agent, Dimitrov can call up less and say, what about X, Y, and Z? And, yeah. and he'll get unvarnished information. But I always wonder if it's harder to negotiate. Like if they were to execute a trade or what, if it's harder to execute with a friend versus No, I think you maybe it, it'll be – It's you always want to do business with people you get along with. Yeah. So it's a I don't way. think anybody's trying to. I mean, I, I understand you consider say fleecing somebody. But it's not like fantasy football. Well, you're just less. Less is a sharp tack, man. Oh yeah, no, both those guys. Tino's he's got a plan, and he's he's putting and, and what he's building out there with Jeff Fisher. Yeah. How funny is that? He said he he's law. He could not figure out the number of texts he got when he got the job. <laughs> if at least you go to the weakest division. Yep. <laughs> not anymore, man. I, and I loved his counter too to the question of. You know, how can you guys compete in this division that's so good? We won the division in our – they won – they had the best record. Four, one, and one. In the division last year. Four, one, and one. all starts there. So that's going to be a tough division. Beat the Niners, tied the Niners. Tied the Niners. Could have beaten them twice. Yep. Could have beaten them twice. Amendola is going to be – but I mean, he missed half the year for them anyway. But. You know what? I, I – <laughs> That's also one of these things, too, is you sit here, well, you lost Amendola. What are you going to do? I mean, you ask that of a general manager, your question would answer be, well, yeah, Danny, it was really great for us. We're moved on. You know, I mean, no one's going to tell you anything yeah. at this time because it just looks like, I mean, if he says, we're definitely going to go after a wide receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't sit here and say that. But he's got to, he says like, you got to have options. Can't fall in love with a player like you 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 were at a, a, as a lieutenant. Just a lot of interesting stuff that you hear there. Definitely. From Les Snead. All right, get Brockman on the phone because I want to talk to him as soon as we're done with this next guy. Absolutely. One of the leaders and best getting set to uh, go to the next level, minus his shoelace. He's uh, one of the most prolific players in NCAA history, certainly in the history of University of Michigan football. He is getting set to join the ranks of the National Football League in the next couple of weeks, phoning in from the road as he's uh, on the road seeing some teams getting set for the draft, none other than Denard Robinson. How are you, Denard? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I am doing fine. Help me, before we get started here, help me through the loss on Monday night. I I was talking before about it's depressing, but seeing the Michigan basketball program on that stage – and perform as they did. It was it was awesome to watch, but they still lost. A little bit of a bummer. Where do you stand on this whole thing? Oh man, it was a great game. It was a great game. It was great to be down there and be, be a part of that stuff. I mean, uh, those guys played their heart out, and he played. They had a great season this year. And uh, you know, everybody talking about the leaders in the best. They really are. A lot of leaders in the best. Uh, I mean, every sports and even school. I mean, so uh, it was great to see those guys down there performing and. Uh, I enjoyed myself to be down there with the Fab Five and Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson being in the stands That's and right. Stephen Breston, Lamar Odom, me and Lamar Woodley. Uh, you got so many guys that were down there just to watch us play. <laughs> and you can see that why, why we're the leaders in the best. Everybody come back and support us. So that's great. Do you know Trey Burke? Yeah, he's a great guy, man. I mean, uh, I see him around on campus, see him play basketball, hang out a little, little bit, and uh, those guys are great guys. Do you think he's going pro? You think? I don't know, man. I don't know. He, I mean, he won every award that you could possibly win. I mean, I feel like he 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 did a lot, and uh, you know, you never know with him. I mean, Michigan is a great great school. Look at Taylor Wan; he stayed, and you know, he won the won the Big Ten championship. So, yeah, you never know. I hope they stay, but obviously, you know, uh, <clears throat> as you pointed out, he did win every award 
that that he could have won. And so, what was it like being around all all those football players that have gone on to such great things as you hope to do uh, starting in the next couple weeks? What was it like being around Desmond and Charles Woodson and uh, Lamar Woodley, among others, as you mentioned? It was great. I mean, being around those guys, those guys are. Uh, they have that influence on people, and they uh, they tell you good stuff, and they got great knowledge. I mean, they've been in the game, and they had a lot of success. I mean, these dudes that I was around, I mean, you can you can ask to be around better dudes, and they always humble and kind of told me to you know uh, take it on, embrace it, and uh, keep working. Always work to be your best, the best that you could possibly be, and uh, be, you a Michigan man, just do your thing. And so that's what I want to do. I want to be like those guys and try to you know. Continue to be better. In your last couple of years at Michigan, did Brady ever reach out to you, Tom Brady? No, he he, he hasn't. He hasn't. But uh, you know, uh, he he is a Michigan guy, and uh, I, I I will probably get in contact with him real soon, hopefully, and uh, you know, just talk to him and see see how he like that experience and see see what I could get from him. What kind of points he give me? Maybe he's just jealous of your running game, Donardo. <laughs> I doubt that. I doubt that. He he can throw the ball, and he's <laughs> well at doing that. So. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. So uh, about you uh, moving to the next level, you just got a, an excellent medical report, correct, on the medical recheck of your elbow. Is that is that the case? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, 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 it was great. I mean, uh, I knew it was getting better, and I just feel it getting better because my hand was reacting a little faster than it was before. So uh, it's starting to get better, and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm... <laughs> I'm having fun to be able to catch the ball like I, like I want to and throw the ball like I want to. So um, for you, uh, it, let's talk about that in the season. The the injury, it, you you got knocked out of that game in Nebraska. Is that when it, you, you re-injured it or hurt it the most seriously? I think that's the, that's the one that got me the, the injury the most serious. I mean, Illinois game, I came out a couple of plays, but then the next play I got back in. But that one I couldn't get back in. It was it was numb. And I couldn't feel it at all. And so, what? How how are you playing the rest of the season uh, with with a, a numb arm? What was that like for you? <laughs> it was it was it was different because you can't use your hand like you want to, and uh, and then uh, you it kind of it kind of holds you back a little bit. But then uh, you know I I, I was like I got to be on the field. I got to be there with uh, with my teammates. I had to, and uh, it was fun. Right, and you had a uh, hundred. You, you ran for a buck twenty-two and a sixty-seven-yard touchdown against Ohio State um, in in that last game of that rivalry. Now you're moving forward, and you're you're talking about catching the ball like you want to. How how has that adjustment been for you so far, Denard? Uh, excuse me, I couldn't hear you. How, how's that? How's that process been for you adjusting to the concept of catching footballs? It's been great. It's been great. I mean, I've been enjoying it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm enjoying it because it's learning something new and having fun doing it. And uh, you know, working with great people to teach you how to do it and, and catching the ball with Devin and doing all those different things. Who are you? Who are you learning with? Uh, Richard Williamson, uh, catching the ball from Devin Gardner. Uh, you know, working with Roy Rogers. He kind of give me little pointers and stuff like that. So Jeremy Gallon. All those guys have been helping me out a little bit. So, so your teammates essentially from from uh, the Wolverines. Yes, sir. When people say uh, the name, I assume you're hearing the word Randall Cobb a lot. Is that a safe assumption? Yes. So and Randall L. Yeah, Randall L. As well. Uh, how are you f- with that comparison? No, oh, that's not a bad person to compare me to. I mean, hopefully, I can have success like he did. So, who are you? I guess hearing from uh, which which teams are you visiting? 
Uh, right now I'm on the road with uh, the Dolphins and then to the Redskins. To the Dolphins and then the Redskins. Who else have you personally visited? Uh, I, I haven't kept track. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's, been, it's been a blur. You know, I've been going through a lot. So visiting so, so many different places. So I haven't. I don't know how to keep up with them. So if you go to the Redskins, I mean – would you? I mean, that. I mean, obviously, Randall L spent some time there. That worked. So, would you? Would you throw to? Would you throw if you throw the ball to RG three and then back? I mean, that would be <laughs> that would be quite something. That'll be that'll be fun. I mean, I'd be interested to see. I mean, hopefully, we'll see what happens if, if I do go there. Mm, interesting. And so, how many teams are are having you throw? Are are most teams having you throw? Few teams having you throw? How would you break that? Down I, I mean, I, I don't know. No, no teams really actually throw. They just ask me, do you think you can still throw? I, I've been throwing the ball. So I know I can throw the ball still. Okay. I noticed at the combine, Denard, uh, I was up in the booth. I couldn't get down. Otherwise, I definitely would have wanted to uh, uh, come by. But I couldn't help but notice as you ran the forty, you you were laced up. Did you did you did you do that on purpose? Yeah, laced that was my first time doing. It. I, I I would I probably won't do it again because I got so much grief about doing it one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did you lace them up for the forty? Uh, because it was my first time wearing the shoes, so I wanted to make sure they didn't come off. Okay, but that would be part of the lore, wouldn't it? That your shoe comes off running the forty, and then maybe you'd be just as fast as as anybody else. Could have been that, right? You heard about that? You know, I'm just trying to, trying to. You know, I'm trying to brand. I'm trying to help you with your brand as well, the shoelace right, cool. brand. So, will you not? You, you're not going to lace them up in the NFL. You're not going to no, change that. Most likely, no. Hmm. Well, I mean, what if you go to the Patriots and Belichick tells you to lace them up? Then, then if I'm starting to face fines, I, I, it's <laughs> when it's going to cost you money, you're going to lace them up. Yeah, yeah. I see. Okay. Well, I'm just again, I'll, I'm I'm going to be looking out for you on All that right, front. We'll what was what was your what was your favorite game at Michigan? What was your favorite? What's your memory? Somebody says to you, you 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 say that this is the best game I played, or wh- which which is your favorite memory at Michigan, Denard? I think another life game. That's probably the best one against Notre Dame, the first night game at Michigan Stadium. It has to be that one. That was um, the one where you you uh, ran forever in every direction in that game, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, and what we we got the one to touch down at towards the end. Yeah, and then I I mean I've been watching Michigan games since 1986. It was the first one under the lights too. I, I've never. Yeah. In, what was the atmosphere like that night? That was incredible. The probably the best atmosphere I've had since I've been there. I mean, it was it's something that I forever remember. Last question for you, Denard. Where where do you think you're going to go? Where do you think in this draft? What are you hearing? Obviously. I really don't know. I, you could never know with this stuff. This stuff right here, I can't. I can't put my finger on it. To be honest with you, hopefully somewhere. Well, guy, guy, guy got a plan for me. So that's what I can say. He got a plan for me. And I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And the arm is the arm is just not a concern for you moving forward, right? Nope. Okay. Very good, Denard. Terrific. Listen. Uh, next time I run my forty-yard dash at the combine, I might, in honor of you. Untie the shoelaces and see what goes Please do down. That. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't you think? I mean, that might actually get that might actually get me through the event. You know, oh, yeah. that that'll make you run faster. I, th- faster. I think so. And and I, you know, uh, I have to m- ask you this question too. 
because uh, I, I have been asked by the L.A. Dodgers on May 28th to throw out the first pitch of a baseball game and, and have to ask what you did to prepare <laughs> Or didn't for your for your for your uh, foray at Comerica this past week. I didn't do anything to prepare. I didn't even warm up. I just went out there. And just uh, they told me not to throw as hard. They just told me just just get it there. So what I'm thinking, I'm just like I'm just lobbing it there. It's not gonna be, not gonna be anything bad. I didn't practice at all. First of all, I didn't even know how far it was gonna be. So sixty feet six inches. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I had no practice or nothing. I just uh, I was like, hey. I saw a baby and I just threw it. I was like, oh, that's short. <laughs> as soon as I threw it, I said, I knew it was going to be short. So I just started walking towards the, walking towards the home play. I'm like, ah. Like you meant it. Terrible. Like yeah. you meant it. Exactly. Did you lace them up on the mound? No, I did not. It's okay. They got a couple of pitches. You can see they unlaced. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay, because I, I... used that as an excuse. I, I stepped on my shoestring. And <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good for you, Denard. Good for you. Hey, listen, uh, thanks again for, for doing this. I know you're busy calling in from the road. Good luck to you. I look forward to watching you do your thing at the next level. And uh, thanks again for uh, what you did at Michigan the last few years. It was uh, exhilarating to watch. Appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. You bet. That's Denard Robinson. You can see him uh, at an NFL team near you. And also this fall, gracing the cover of the Madden College football game. Coming up this fall, Denard. You you beat out uh, you beat out Swope, correct for that thing? For yes, sir. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I think my tweet put you over the top. I got to be honest yeah, with you. It, it was it was us. It was us. The Michigan the Michigan fan base. That's correct. And the go blue and go blue to you. And go, go blue to you too. Okay, that's Denard Robinson. Denard, phoning in. Denard, I, I phoning in from South Florida. South Florida, yes. South Florida. He's a Florida. Uh, native. That's where they plucked him out of? Denard Rod. Well, that's where Rich Rod plucked him out of. I didn't want to bring his name up, but he's from uh, he's from Deerfield Beach High School in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Huh. Yeah, I'll tell you. He- and, um, yes, sir. I mean, that's that's what he's, uh, that's his major, co- that's his main college. It's crazy to be a guy like that, that you're, you're the guy for four years in college pretty much, and then having to make that transition you know, we've had Michael Robinson on here before, my Penn State guy, and that's it's got to be a tough transition to accept the fact. But if he, if, I mean, he, he's fast. What do you run the the forty? Um, I don't know. Four, I mean, three? it wasn't it wasn't anything. I you know, like a four three five. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't anything. You know, Chris Johnson like. I mean, it was just Denard Robinson. No big deal. Four three five. But he laced him up. Did lace him up. How funny is that? Not as funny as his opening pitch. <laughs> that was. Awful. Do you know I am throwing out a pitch for the Dodgers? You are. Is that That's not May 26th? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, or 28th or something like come, that. I mean, I'm, you want to go? Yes. Why? Because I want to see this. I don't. I want to I I enjoy Susie's already it. like, you better start practicing. Yeah, like, we got to so start She's throwing. like, you're not going to half-ass this like you do your 40. Well, I was uh, I was down in San Diego for opening day of the Padres on Tuesday. Actually, I went down. I, yeah, you watched them win. It was it was a great win, 9-2 over the Dodgers. Um, they, uh, <laughs> they're 1-4. They're, they're they're one in five without Chris Law, 
one and zero with one Chris and Law. With, they need me back. I, I was a season ticket holder for a brief period yeah. when I lived down there. But uh, the point was, I was in the car for two hours each way. So I was listening to XM, and Howard Stern was on, and they it was the best of, and they were replaying uh, the staffers' best moments. And one of them was the Baba Booey the day after the Baba Booey pitch, mm-hmm. and just him getting an yeah, onslaught. Well, it's not good. I mean, who who did it? For, didn't didn't Siciliano do it recently for Cicil- for an Indians game? Yeah, or something he did like that, or for no, he did it for um for a great. Fruit League or a Cactus League game, didn't he? Didn't he do something similar to that recently? I I'll think to, he did. Look. He definitely did. Throw he got the first grief. Pitch. He got grief for that. You got to be th- and and your idol, your favorite player, Mattingly will be. Don watching. Mattingly. I can't. I can't have it. You cannot disappoint Don Mattingly. Mattingly will be in the house watching this thing. Oh. Is, what date is this? I need to make sure I'm here. And Don not- Mattingly. Oh my god. Oh. I'm already tearing up. Good lord! I want to see that. But Denard, yeah. So Denard, uh, Denard in South Florida. Where do you Dolphins? Think he goes? Could you imagine the Dolphins? How about the Redskins looking at him? Yeah, I mean they just signed Pat White, who hasn't played in three years. I know. Who's that? Is that Brockman? That might be Brockman dialing in. All right, let's Should we get him on? Yeah, yeah, let me see. see hold on. Brockman, you there? Hello, hey. Chris Brockman. Gentlemen, how, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Where 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 do we find you post uh, Final Four? I am at you? the original Brockman Manor in Saco, Maine. Ah, okay. So you went back to the homeland. You went back. You went back to where the heart is. Uh, after after yeah, having like after, after after <laughs> after the uh, the lengthy trip to Atlanta. Uh, Final Four. It was actually quite a sight getting back up to Maine. Um, Tips for all you young players out there. Mm-hmm. I always like to give life tips to all our listeners. Well, I actually don't. This is probably the first time I'm ever doing it. <laughs> Do not walk from your hotel mm-hmm. to the bus station through downtown Atlanta at 4 in the morning. Do not do that. Certainly after the national championship game where there must have been many Kentuckians uh, reveling in the streets. Yeah, I, I would just don't recommend that. Really? I thought it had nothing to do with the Final Four, is what you're saying. That's just in any I'm, I'm, in general. I, here's what I'm saying: read between the lines. It had nothing to do with the Final Four. Just don't do it. Pro tip Stop. from Chris Brockman. There you go, everybody. There you go, Chris sure. Brockman. No, no, uh, not, not the native son of Atlanta, Georgia. So now, now, so so now, anywhere in Atlanta and anywhere Michael Crabtree is is now off limits to this podcast. <laughs> did you? Uh, Look, did you get I to the varsity? Make, I did make good with a nice young man who was trying to get some takeout home to his go. lady at four in the morning. Uh, thank you for letting me walk on my own. Okay, you're 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 a good Samaritan. Nice. Very very good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So so Chris Brockman, um, it is now we're taping Wednesday. So your avatar has returned uh, to your to your own possession, right? You 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 took down the Michigan logo that was there. I am now keeper of my own avatar. Okay. Uh, for, if anyone was confused earlier as to why the Michigan logo was there, why would they be? They're reg- they're regular the listeners. Beat, the Wolverines beat the Orange one on Saturday, and it. Uh, it was a tough one now, for me, Rich. No, I got being in the house. You know, and and um, I'm sure it was tough, but to take the avatar and you 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 did as I as I texted it to you, I think I yep. I said uh, don't lolly ga- don't make don't let Aaron Andrews make you look like a lollygagger. Yes, look, Rich. And all I got a, back if was we had a stopwatch. If we had a stopwatch, I'm pretty sure my time would have beat EA's on getting a change. I don't know. I was I was, was looking at for, I was looking for it. 
Well, and it wasn't there. I, 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 I try to give you time to breathe and grieve. Right. You know what I mean? I try to give you that time before <laughs> I, mean, I... I'm not sure. Did, did you really know? <laughs> he texted me. He texted me and he goes, Brockman's lollygagging. I'm That's, getting it uh, up. <laughs> I, I definitely, you know, I definitely waited. There's no question I waited. Well, but, but it did take, you know, it did take some time. And well, you look, still got it up the there. Service, you still the got it up there. The Georgia Dome wasn't the best all week. Okay. You you texted it to me, and I, I'll never forget probably the rest of my life. Okay. Where I was when I made the avatar switch. That's okay. And your avatar is now <laughs> I, of you and your your beautiful new nephew, from what I could see my right beautiful now. Beautiful new nephew Avery. Uh, Good for I you. Had to make the change, I didn't get it up right at eight forty p.m. Eastern. That's okay. I was mid nap. I was mid nap at that point. But here's 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 my issue with the, the avatar switch, and it's not the length of time. It's not the length of time. It's that. Hold on a minute. 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 Let me let me let me speak. Let me speak. Okay. Okay. Because I did say, you know, don't lollygag. And when you finally texted me back, I think it was a very snarky one-line response, which is when I'm like, <laughs> all right, I better back off. Chris Brockman now. Let me see if I still have it, because I don't think I erased anything. Here it is. Okay. Here it is. I wrote back, don't make Aaron Andrews look you like look, make you look like a lollygagger. And then you wrote back, um, hold on a minute. There we go. Don't make Aaron Andrews make you look like a lollygagger. You wrote, changed in less than a minute, <laughs> is what you wrote back. So I left you alone. I left you alone. And then went to Twitter. All I was saying there was is the time it took you to send it, I uh, was going down the escalator from the 300 level at the Georgia Dome and made the change amongst the crowd. I did it almost instantaneously. And then, just to make sure, Law, I went to Twitter to see it. Okay. And here's the tweet. I just got called for a charge making this switch. (laughs) And then hashtag man of my word. That is bitching about the refs as you are making the switch. You may be a man of your word. You're not taking it like a man, though. Nope. I wasn't going down without a fight, Rich. And any Orangeman or basketball fan who read that tweet and watched the Final Four game Knows exactly what I'm talking about, and that's really all I'm going to say. About very brilliant of you. Yes. Very. Oh, yes, absolutely not. Very brilliant. You. I am not going to let you liken me to Albert Breer. On this very Albert esque. Yeah, you burned it up. That there. is not going to go down without a fight on this end. Uh, now, my question is: as your business advisor, Rich, what do you now? This. What do you have to gain for this bet? You're you you're what exposing you you're exposing a, a Syracuse avatar potentially to five hundred thousand right. followers. Right. Yeah, Rockman's only. What that means is range. I believe in my school. All right, all right. I, I would have. You needed a little something more out of this. No, than no, just, no. Well, 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 no, no. Why don't you get your team to the no. playoffs first before you can chime? No, no, no. That's start. okay. I did not need. It's that's sort of like you weren't getting good odds. That's all I'm saying. That's correct. You, that uh, there needed to be something to even out the spread. Correct. To use a term that I uh, confuses me, a gambling term. I needed something to uh, – I had to get the 400 – or no, hold on. 
Let me get this right. I had to get. I had to. Are we really going to do the five hundred? The five hundred seventeen thousand follower difference. You're saying wow, come up was... with something that would it be equitable? Yes. To that, yes. plus the avatar change. Now I didn't need to do that. What I needed was the avatar to be changed in a timely fashion, which we will. Uh, it was timely. I think Aaron might have been a little was, timelier. Wait, hold on a minute. I needed it made. without a bit about the game or the refs. Could be congrats to Rich, congrats to Michigan, great game, <laughs> great season. No, uh, I got called for a charge making this switch. <laughs> Bert. That's on Bert, Bert Breer. I can't believe you would call Albert and say, how do I make the switch? Give me something to tweet. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. Wow. Wow is right. Wow, wow is right. How about this? I, did, my my favorite Burt Breer tweet, my favorite Burt Breer tweet, okay, was during uh, the Syracuse game. During the Syracuse game where he said something along the lines of as it was, you know, Michigan was looked like it was over when it really wasn't. He said, uh, remember – Michigan finished fifth in the Big Ten. I saw that. Which is his way of defending the conference. And also getting a little dig in. Yes, that's a two-sided blade. Okay. sure. I retweeted that saying he lives because he hadn't been tweeting much about basketball since he took it from Wichita straight. Okay. Right. Didn't hear much from him after that, but he did tweet that. So then he texted me. I got to give you this exchange. He texted me. Uh, after we made the, the national title game, congrats, um, you know, uh, something along the lines of um, allegiance to the conference is, is getting me through this. He's trying to make peace. So I wrote <laughs> him back. I wrote him back. Reference. Thanks, Albert. Keep tweeting about our fifth place finish like we had 12 losses and didn't finish just one game out of the lead. It's good luck. <laughs> How, Can you believe this sort how, of stuff? I think he's just better than – I mean, I don't know how a Columbus native gets out to Michigan. Trey Burke is – Those are the best. Columbus those are the best native. ones, man. It's amazing. I'm telling you, some of the best Michigan athletes are the ones we get from Ohio. Yeah, but from Columbus. I mean, uh, that's like right? an Ann Arbor kid. Isn't that great? Oh. Isn't that great? Man. And, and, and if you saw uh, the, the overnight – the game. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry, but the overnight ratings, uh, the game, according to CBS, the overnight ratings was – the highest rating, where do you think the highest rating was for the game overnight? Uh, the city. Give me the city. I, the, I number mean, one. Number one. Number one? Yes. I mean, New, I would say New York. No, it was Louisville. Louisville was yes. o- yeah, Louisville. number one. For the championship game. For the championship sure. game. Wow. Overnight ratings, Tuesday morning, they come back. Most watched in Louisville. City number one. City two was Detroit. City number three? Wow. Columbus, Ohio? Correct. Yeah. Makes sense. Correct. They want to see their native son. And they also were tuning in, hoping they wouldn't eat shit. <laughs> Get that time code down! <laughs> you got three bleeps in this close. This is great, buddy. Oh, oh man. Just, just being there on the ground, guys, it was, uh, it was a fantastic weekend. Atlanta was a great host city. And uh, everyone was really representing their schools. Uh, the amount of people walking around. There was definitely more red in town Monday than it was on Saturday. I was talking to a gentleman who said 
it was only a six-hour drive, I guess, Louisville to Atlanta. Sure. Well, plus and the a lot women. of people, you know, after the uh, victory Saturday, decided, hey, well, let's make the trip down. Uh, like I tweeted out, it was probably 55-45, red and yellow in the building, packed house. I think it was the uh, the attendance. They set the attendance record for the for the two days. That's great. Uh, for the NCAA, and it, it was loud in there. As I texted you, wish you were here. It's really loud. It yeah. was, it was quite, it was quite the, uh, quite the experience. Now you said you, you, you made it, right? You, you went for the blackout. Yeah, I made the you, yes. I told successful. the story. I made the. I told the story at the top of the podcast. A successful, sports. most ambitious sports blackout where I, I had no shame. I, I had no shame in pulling it off and whatever I had to do to pull it off to the point where Chris, I. As I told Law at the top, and I'll repeat it again, I, I used Xander to get into the cockpit pre-flight to tell the pilot to not to divulge the score upon landing. Actually used my son to do it. Hey, Xander, you want to no, you no go shame. in the cockpit? No shame in using your son. No shame. No shame in that. No what are you going to do, right? Well, well you, uh, we, we, we talked briefly on Sunday. You actually thought about coming out, right? Well, that's the, I guess, what the high-class problem that you're – too, right. You're too deep into the Pacific Ocean to make it to Atlanta in time. It was just not. I would, As you told whatever. me, you can't you can't DVR Hawaii. That's that's what, that's, that's what I told Law. You can't DVR Hawaii. Yes. You can DVR the game, yeah. but you can't DVR Hawaii. Hey Brockman, I asked you uh, if you were going to go to a certain Atlanta monument, if you would, if you will, if you will, excuse me, and take a photo. Did you happen to succeed in that? <laughs> no, I did the, not. The Gold Club? The Gold Club. However, Patrick Ewing Gold Club? There's a new Atlanta monument that, uh, that people will know if they listen to certain, a certain type of music. And uh, that happened to be very nearby the bus station in the not-so-part of town that I was walking past. I'm going through my easily my easy listening archive and have no idea what you're no talking about. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but but uh, so, anyway, if, uh, if, anyone, if anyone follows that, uh, that certain establishment on Instagram or Twitter, uh, not, not a family Twitter account. Let's just put it that way. This is a family podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, well, listen. podcast. Not a there you go, Chris Brockman. You are a man of your word. You bitch about the refing. Um, well, look, true New England of absolute a, offensive foul on Carter Williams. One hundred percent that fouled him out. It looked like it looked like a moving pick on sight. I apologize. Oh, and the one on Trish, the one on Trish, looked like a charge to me. And until you looked at the replay, couldn't doubt it. Steve Kerr was saying that's a charge. Then you look at the replay, you see a little bit of shuffling feet. But the refs were missing everything all tournament long. They were missing everything. Okay, look, I'm not, look, I'm not, look, I, look, I think. All tournament long, the Burke block, squad, I, I mean, we but could go back and forth. In, that exactly, Burke. the championship game, the whole weekend the refs were shady rich. And, uh, and shady. Funny, they were not, they were not showing replays in the Georgia Dome for that specific reason. Because they did not want the crowd getting on the officials. It was obvious. I thought I heard in the Georgia Dome a few like post foul uh, moans from the crowd. Like it looked like they were showing the. Uh, they weren't you showing any they replays. Were, huh? They were picking and choosing. Like the ones that were really egregious were not getting shown. It was. Uh, it was something. It was that, pretty that, interesting. That wow. Trey Burke block though was the best. One of the best plays of the game. And <laughs> also a huge. It was momentum incredible. Swing. Oh, the first half shootout, the championship game was amazing. What a game! Uh, I'm, I'm jealous you were the there. Even though like they were incredible. Even though I, my team lost, it was, still was incredible. I'm jealous you were there.
Um, all right, Chris Brockman, enjoy your, your new uh, nephew. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank hey, you, you. got an international shout-out from the road for us? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen. Okay. Uh, you in, you week, enjoy your time next down. Week, just, next week is show 200, right? We'll it is. It is. Next week is the 200th episode of this podcast. It is. So we were talking, and I think what we're going to do is ask you guys. We're going to use the hashtag REP200. Oh, okay. And uh, if you guys want, uh, tweet us your, your favorite moment or memory from the show, and we'll try and read some of those on the air next oh, week. fantastic. And then uh, if we can pull some of the sound from some of those, if... Uh, if we got the, if not in too many meetings, we'll definitely do that. And Brockman, um, yes, I'm bringing this up as we close the show. Okay. Um, I've seen Law for several hours today now. Yes. Right. We've we we we've been hanging out several hours. Um, we got text photographs last week while we were both on the road. You were uh, making okay. your way to Atlanta. I was already on vacation. Text photos from Chris Law with freshly made and unboxed Rich Eisen podcast gear. Yes. Correct, Brockman? Oh, yeah. We got that, we, that is correct. And to take this one step further, Rich, yeah. Law and I hit the links for the first time last Thursday. Uh-huh. He actually wore some gear to play golf. Do you think he brought any for me? He didn't. And guess what I have yet to see all day? <laughs> The gear. And he says much was made up. I don't know if maybe one windbreaker and one hat that's got mesh, fitted mesh, by the way. Who's, like, seriously, who? These things are fitted these things mesh. Are hot, Rich. They're, they're, hot. they're coming off the shelf. What about middle-aged adults like me who don't wear mesh? I don't know. I, I mean, come on. Where are they? How about a... Where's the hat and where's the pullover? How about a... Oh, you got me a nice dry fit windbreaker no, pullover? You didn't get me anything. I don't have it in my hands. It's at my house. I got to bring it's it back. It's at your house. I got to bring it back <laughs> in. I had to check the order to make sure everything came in. Brockman. Had, well, wait, I'm going to tell you my address off there. You can overnight it. Well, Brockman. Brockman. about that? Brockman, it, he took it home. Or did you have it delivered to your house? No, no, no. It was delivered here. Here, there's and a reason. And then you took it out when of you, the premises? When you open up swag in the NFL offices, like... Like, like no, 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 no. The answer is no. Like hawks, like the answer is no. Vultures, they come out. The answer is no. Grab. The answer is the answer is Rich created this podcast out of whole cloth. He has two young children and a rescue dog that he thinks are his three kids. I got Xander. His fourth child is the podcast. So if he hasn't had any of this yet, you can't. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's some good Brockman, help me. Am I wrong? That's what you say to people. And now finally, out of the blood, sweat, and tears, on what management mostly considers a vanity project for him, (laughs) hats and shirts have been made. You can't have them until Rich gets to see it. No. I've got to to, to put it on myself. Parade it around via text. Take the stuff home. Forget to bring it in when you know I will be here. I woke up at Brockman. Help me out, please. I really wish I was here to just kind of throw up my arms and do the look around thing through the glass. Oh, I'm doing that. Do. Oh, it's it's happening. Um, a couple things. Where's the swag? Bro- Brockman and I did go golfing last week. Yes. Brockman. Yes. A bad golf partner. Oh. 
A bad golf oh, partner. Oh, jeez. For, for one. Way, everything you're about to hear is false. For one, we go to tee off, throws in headphones, and is listening to the Red Sox game. Dude, Who does on. that? Come on. Who does I that? I that good fandom. Who come does on. that? Wait a minute. Last Thursday was the Pettit loss. Too bad for you. Last Thursday, last Thursday, Andy Pettit shut he's the yelling, right down. Absolutely. He's yelling random things on the fairway. I'm like, what are you doing? Notice how I, I put it in terms you understand. Pettit loss. <laughs> to me, it was right, no, to me. I, to me, it was a must I knew win. Exactly what you meant. Uh huh. It was a then, must win. It was it was the third game of the year. Must win. I tell him like, we got a you got a breakfast ball off the first tee. You know, mulligan if you want it. Whatever. Headphones. Listen to a Reds. That's bad. That's bad. Bad we, golf. Did partner. you get partnered up with other people? We, yeah, we got partnered up with uh, a random lady who was five Dude, foot. Absolutely. Five foot nothing. Ninety pounds. Hit it straight down hit the middle of the fairway every time. Right? Every yeah, time. Nice. Um. So the first, you know, breakfast ball mulligan if you want off the tee. Dude. Hits doesn't take it. I have a good drive. Uh, we, we count him up. I, I ended up. Uh, he he got himself out of some trouble. Hit a great wedge shot within three feet of the hole. Made his putt. Um, forgot to count his out of bounds drive and his drop. He's like, I got a four. Oh. Then he starts tweeting. Just smoked law in the first hole. Oh, <laughs> forgets Lord. to count no, up no, his I, out I of. Do you I know what we get? Do you know what we call that? You know what we guy with a wooden driver beat law on the last. You know what we used to call that? Judge Smales. <laughs> we used to call that Stuart Scott math. Oh, yeah, Stu, Stu Scott had that kind Stu of math. Stu Scott, we went golfing with him. I went used to go golf with him all the time back in the day. Oh, man. He hit one way out of bounds and right. <laughs> gone, goodbye. Gone, goodbye. Reteed it up. Gone, goodbye again. Dropped out in the fairway. <laughs> called it shot number three. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I couldn't find the ball. I'm like, yeah, you can't find the ball. That's why you're dropping here. You just hit two, and this is shot number. Let me do this in math. What three? Four. This is shot six, Stu. Not three. Shot six. And then, you, but you're the a hole who's calling him out on it, right? right? That's how yes. Brockman made me feel. Well, because you know, I mean, he, there was no Twitter back in the day, but Stuart would have tweeted, "I'm kicking Rich's tail on on the golf course." Yeah. that sort of thing. To the point where one of one of our our, the guy, I won't say his name. He's one of my favorite people, James Brown of ESPN. Uh, he would say, when we went out golfing, Stuart, we're calling this Master's Day rules. Okay? Because we're treating this like the Masters. Every shot counts. <laughs> That's Stuart Scott math. Now, if I'm... If I'm, hey, look, if Stu I'm, I'm Scott math. Stuart Scott of this podcast, I'll take if it. I'm you gonna, booyah. Yeah, exactly. Booyah. If I'm enforcing booyah, a two-stroke penalty for your club touching the sand, he then said I'm to me, He said to me, if the sh- you can't find the shot, it doesn't count. <laughs> if you don't find the ball. If you find the ball, you know it's gone out of bounds. I'm like, I know it's gone out of bounds. I watched it veer right over 90 the road, degrees. And I'm like, the and when these rules... Were created in the Braveheart days. <laughs> there was no way for you to take your cart to go look for the ball when Braveheart lost it off the tee. All right, we're going we're on too long a real here. Big slice. That's, uh, that's in the history books. All yeah. right. So, so anyway, where's the swag, man? The swag will be here tomorrow. I'll bring it in tomorrow. Will I be here tomorrow? Be You'll here be tomorrow. here tomorrow. Will I be here tomorrow? You'll be here tomorrow. How am I here tomorrow? We're taping a guest for episode 200 oh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. 
So yeah. All right. So you'll be here. I'll bring it in tomorrow. Brockman, uh, I have yours as well. All right. And then I have some. I'll for, be back on Monday. Some of our friends of the podcast that have helped out with uh, various stuff, like our photo guy Ben Liebenberg. He's going to get a Rich Eisen podcast polo. Oh, you're giving like this. That. You're you've already divvied the stuff up. Uh, no, have I haven't you? given away anything to anybody. You you two will be the first that get any. Okay, either. and then and then who gets the uh, leftover stuff? Uh, there's not much leftover, but people oh. that have helped out, like Del Tufo. I, I got one for uh, Mark Brady, who okay. supports the podcast you know people in this in nfl media who sure support and then and then and then how do we get more made up uh so if you the, the said mesh hat that rich rich just bashed that i think is pretty decent um if you're interested in that tweet us rep swag and what we'll do is if we get enough tweets we'll get some online you can buy a hat for 13 bucks or however much they cost really? we're gonna start i'm gonna try to yeah we, we're not gonna make any money off it we'll just get it to you at cost and uh we'll, we'll do that and see how that goes we gotta talk to upper management about that <laughs> You don't know. I, don't have the, I don't have the power Dude, to just make those latex, decisions. Latex. Hold on, I got one other good announcement for the Wild West. I got one other good announcement for listeners. Um, so Rich is in. The wheels have totally come off this podcast Rich, right now. Hey, come on. Rich is come in on, New Rich. York for the mock draft uh, on uh, Draft Week, and we're taping that show on a Tuesday. It airs Tuesday night on NFL Network. On Monday, we have a full dress rehearsal, uh, not any talent. Included, yes, right. but cameras are being blocked, marked. It's at the league headquarters in New York. Already vetted this out with league security. Uh, if a couple listeners oh. of the Eyes and Podcast want to oh. try and be our stand-ins oh. for that, uh, it's not going to be anything glamorous. You get to come into the league headquarters, see the office. What's and, not glamorous and, about that? It's a very it's like one of the greatest. Place. It's like a museum. Yeah, but are you uh, kidding? You got to d- dedicate essentially. RG one could be walking down the hall. You bump into him. You'll see all the Lombardi Seriously. trophies. You'll see all the rings. Dude, you buried the lead. Yeah. You're right. How many hashtags can we come up with? There's a hashtag REP200, <laughs> hashtag REP swag, and what's this, this hashtag? This is uh, hashtag REP mock draft. So what you what we'll do is uh, five listeners, if, if you guys want to do it. You have to be in the New York area where no transportation or anything. We're not even giving you a Metro card. Yeah, no Metro card, Nothing. no anything. you got to get your – But your, uh, hit me up he, on Twitter, and uh, I'll get your info, and we'll make this happen. And you guys get to stand in and see a little behind the scenes of the show. Brockman. Is this no good? Brockman, Brockman, he's now, he's now willy-nilly handing out hats and, 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 and windbreakers and trips to New York and, and guests on our 200 show. I'm trying to engage our loyal, faithful this listeners. Is off the, this is off the rails, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> Hey, next hey, I, I, have I know is that idea. swag is. Wait, I have another hashtag idea. Swag next is. Next time I'm in Atlanta and and need escorts to the bus station at four in the morning, and yes. I have to walk from my hotel. Yes. I'm going to create a hashtag: REP Bodyguard. Yeah, it's and called, you guys can escort me to the bus station. It's called hashtag Uber. Yeah, it's pal. called hashtag okay. Get a Cab Cheapo. <laughs> get a cab cheapo has been called with a hashtag, by the way. Oh, All right, Brockman, enjoy. At Chris Brockman, phone, phoning Thank in from you, you bet. All right, see you, Chris. Adios. That's at Chris Brockman, at Chris Law, hoarding all of the gear that yes. has been in existence for a full calendar week now that I still have yet to see. <laughs> you or got put back on my body. yesterday. Or put on my body. <laughs> For At the Eisen Podcast, I am at Rich Eisen. Want to thank Les Sneed, Denard Robinson. Who do we thank from uh, Denard's group? Who are uh, we thanking? we got to thank... Um, Pat uh, Dye Jr. Pat Dye Jr., uh, Randy Chapman. There you go. And 
Obviously, Kara Henderson helped out with the booking did. of Les Sneed. Mrs. So thank Sneed, you. Mrs. Sneed. Thank you to Kara Henderson. Mrs. Sneed, Sneed was uh, an integral part and once her again. Casserole. And let's try and get her on the 200 show. Absolutely. I, sh- I shot her a note. I'm exchanging Excellent. emails with her as we speak. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace out. Booyah. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, friends.